Okay, and welcome back to the MVP Interactive Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Christina Heller with Metastage. For those of you unaware of what Metastage is, is they specialize in volumetric capture that creates high-fidelity 3D captures, which can be integrated into holograms for AR, VR, and any other multimedia applications. Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to speak to you. James, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I always joke that, um, especially in the sports marketing world, there's generally um, conferences and trade shows, and there's like a small consortium of companies that we, we call like circuit companies, right? And so it's nice to see you out of the circuit in, in the confines of your, your office and on our podcast. So we really appreciate your time today. Yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. And it's <clears throat> it's always nice to be able to have a, a a conversation when you're on the circuit. It tends to be a lot of uh, a lot of rushed communi communication. Right. And then speaking of which, you know, it's uh, I guess the last time on the said uh, circuit, we we were on a panel discussion talking about uh, volumetric capture and the current state of the technology, where the future is. But before we really get into the technology and all the cool stuff that you guys have been up to, you know, this podcast really focuses on not only technology, but the entrepreneurial story. So for our listeners that may not be aware of who you are or what your company does, maybe if you can talk to us a little bit about your background or what kind of set you off into this um, entrepreneurial journey, if you will. Yeah. So I have, you know, pretty much if you look at my um, my career trajectory, it's been a combination of production and entrepreneurship. You know, when I was 23, I started my first production company up over in New Hampshire and, you know, got a DVX 100 and an iMac with Final Cut Pro and, you know, called myself a boutique production company. And, 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 and since then, that, that's been my focus. But, you know, and so I, in my 20s, I did a lot of short form storytelling, nonfiction, journalism, documentary filmmaking. And, and then when I got to, you know, around 30, I thought, okay, it's time to get serious. Um, you know, and I became very interested in the intersection of media and tech. I thought, okay, there's a lot of, you know, action happening in technology, but where does that intersect with, with storytelling, with media? And it was, you know, kismet that for some reason I got, felt called to go to Sundance that year. I had never, I had never gone to Sundance before, but for some reason felt called to go there that year for my 30th birthday. And it was there that I went to New Frontiers and tried the first Oculus Rift headset, the DK1. And that was the answer to the question I had been ruminating about, about media and tech. Where does it intersect? I thought, well, here's, here's a place where it intersects. This is so interesting. And I had that moment that we've all had when we first try virtual reality, where I looked around all around me in full 360 and thought, wow, so, you know, immediately the light bulb went off with the possibilities of, of what this could mean for, you know, technology, for content, for connection and, and humanity even, and then convinced a number of people in my creative circle to take a brave, you know, start a brave venture called VR Playhouse. And that was in 2014. So I started a company called VR Playhouse in 2014 and ran that company for three years. We did 65 projects across many verticals with big brands. We went to international festivals. We did a lot of really interesting work in the emerging AR VR space. And VR Playhouse led to the opportunity with Metastage where, you know, I was presented with the opportunity to commercialize 
the volumetric video technology that Microsoft had spent 10 years developing and you know the the chance to start a new studio with this really incredible tech was just one of those you know moments that it, you just couldn't say no it was it was too interesting a, an opportunity to say no to and so along with my team we i you know we created metastage from scratch and that was back in 2018 so you know we're rounding i'm rounding the corner to five years running running metastage now and it's been incredibly exciting to be able to specialize inside of immersive tech in this in this really amazing space which i know we'll get more into and 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 what volumetric video really is like a throwback even to my documentary and my journalism days and that it's like real performance capture so anyway that's that's a quick like breeze through of my career history and and entrepreneurship that's really important and helpful for our listeners to hear because i think there's this sort of um, stereotype of what it means to be an entrepreneur and that, you know, you're just some really, you know, fresh green kid right out of, you drop out of college, you have this great idea, and then you kind of go and venture on and you're the, the next Mark Zuckerberg, right? But the reality is, much like yourself and me, uh, you know, you can have a, a, a pretty storied career prior to that aha moment. But I think it's that aha moment that you really capitalize on and you just give it every fiber and you I always joke where it's like that moment where you can't talk yourself out of something is like when you really go for it so as somebody that also started a business in their 30s that it's not too late I mean that sounds crazy that it would ever sound too late right but um, there's just this sort of misconception with entrepreneurialism that you have to be like the you know the smartest 18 year old that it's ever existed and um, but it's that aha moment that's that we can all appreciate and um, you know no matter when it comes to you right well for sure i mean i think that um you know i i was grateful that i had learned the process of starting businesses at a young age and you know learned how to file for an llc and learned how to open a bank account and got some experience with contracts and you know you really don't know i didn't know anything when i was a kid you know and and i mean i knew some things you were born with some inherent knowledge but but you really there is there's a lot of nuances and intricacies to running a business and and i feel grateful that i had you know a chance in my third in my 20s to get my feet wet and start to learn those things and 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 vr playhouse was the first really ambitious attempt at starting a company and and even then i still didn't know what i didn't know and i i really think that vr playhouse was the ultimate learning experience for me because we were successful at but but that with that success came leveling up at a at a rate and level that i had never experienced before so it was also very stressful as i as we went through those years and and now with metastage i'm i'm happy that to report that it does get easier over time i i think you know my grandfather had a saying that i always said to myself and i still do which is the hard road eventually gets easier and the easy road gets harder and I, and I told myself that a lot during the hard times. And I'm happy to report that that is true because you just gain some wisdom, perspective, and, and a backbone of experience that you can reference that just makes it not so intense as you, as you progress. What a great quote, too. And I think, I, I think that absolutely trumps the, the Winston Churchill quote that I would tell myself, you know, when you 
when you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> right. And, you know, as, as entrepreneurs and business owners, that's, it feels like it's a never ending road and, um, you know, a free fall collapse. And then, you know, you kind of navigate things out of your, you know, in your control, out of your control. And then, oh, let's throw in a pandemic. And it's like, what else could I survive here? But, you know, enduring is a real testament to the, you know, the uh, willpower and and the strength of, of individuals and, you know, your drive to kind of maintain things that, um, you know, will eventually lead to success. So, yeah, that's what a great quote. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you had mentioned just five years. That's not a long time in a, in a lifespan. However, when it comes to technology, you know, that <laughs> that moves in light years. Right. And so, um, you know, you referenced the VR uh, studio and the production, but, you know, transitioning to volumetric capture, maybe talk to us about the nascent days and like the early days of, you know, when you set up the studio and, you know, what technologies and the systems and the riggings that you were using and kind of talk us through where things are at now. Yeah, so volumetric video is the process of capturing a real performance in full 3D. So it's not like motion capture where somebody's going out in a point suit and you're capturing their movements to then puppet an animated figure, think avatar, that kind of thing. Instead, this is when you're, you want to be working in a 3D native space. So you think augmented reality, virtual reality, or any 3D software, but you want a real human performance. I, I don't want an animated James, I want the real James. So volumetric video is the process of, of of doing that. And so someone will go out on MetaStage and we use 106 cameras, all cir circling them like a globe facing in and say action and the performance takes place. So it could be an athlete doing one of their signature moves. It could be a musician performing one of their you know hit songs. It could be someone giving a speech. And we're, we're capturing it from every angle. We put it through our software, which um, as I mentioned, right now we're using the Microsoft Mixed Reality Capture System. And it is a, an extremely sophisticated system that allows for high, really high quality reconstruction of all that data, as well as um, incredible compression to create a 3D asset on the other side that's super tiny, streamable, and able to be enjoyed on common devices like cell phones, iPads, but also AR, VR headsets, et cetera. And when we first started, you know, the first time, shout out to ADI, the very first time I ever tried VR, uh, volumetric video, I think was 2015 with ADI. And it was, you know, I've had a few of those moments in my career that are just, transitional jaw-dropping moments and the first time i saw volumetric capture in a vr headset and had the experience of seeing someone standing right in front of me feeling their presence um it was it was mind-blowing but the technology was was very early at that point you know when i walked around the figure it would kind of break in the back and it was like very artifacty and and just not really at a super super high quality level yet and um and what was exciting about launching with the Microsoft tech back in 2018 was just how good the tech had become. You know, they had, you know, really we were just doing clean, full 3D capture. There were tools for integration that made it easy for developers to build pro repeat projects and pipelines with. It just felt like for the first time, at least it through my view, that the tech was truly commercially viable and ready to come to market. And to be that team that helped usher it to market was, was and will always be like one of the 
greatest privileges of my career, um, especially because I love people. I love authenticity, authenticity. And I come from a journalism background and a documentary film background. So being the shepherd of the real person into the metaverse is just something I can really get down with. And um, so we, but you know, so when we launched the stage, uh, we, had, I had some ideas, of course, with uh, for who would use it, and because I'd been working in the space for a number of years by that point. But we were really open-minded about, you know, who our first clients would be. And um, interestingly, for for this podcast, I mean, sports was just immediately something people that like people gravitated to because being able to see famous athletes in 3D right in front of you is compelling, obviously. Sure. And so you had mentioned Microsoft and talk to us a little bit about that partnership and, you know, the evolution of their technology. I mean, obviously they're, you know, a world-class brand in, in the realm of technology. And, you know, we are certainly a Microsoft shop as well and not only using their uh, operating systems, but some of their peripherals. And so maybe talk us through how that relationship formed and, you know, uh, how effective and efficient their technology is in terms of processing or, you know, what does it take to actually, once you get that capture and where's the magic behind, you know, the software and the rendering times? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll start by saying there are a number of volumetric video technologies out there and they all have benefits and, and, and limitations, you know, um, but what was really compelling and continues to be compelling about the Microsoft system is the quality that we get, in particular in the face. You know, you want, if you're talking about a recognizable public figure, you want the face to look great. And I just think the Microsoft system is, is really does a great job with faces. And a shout out to my team. We've really learned how to use that tech, you know, and, and get the absolute most out of it and get the most beautiful work. Um, but going back, you know, so, it all starts with like Steve Sullivan and, and the team at the Microsoft Mixed Reality Capture Studios. Uh, they had, you know, they got the, the bug for volumetric capture and, and wanting to develop a, a pipeline for it. And they were really focused on two things, quality and compression and ease of integration. Because I think they realized that if you know volumetric was going to take off, it needed to be a commercially viable product. Like it's one thing to get a good clean capture, but it doesn't mean anything if the file's so big you can't actually integrate it into a project, or you need like a compute a giant computer to access it. So this so that was the sort of focus, a nexus of their of their research and development, and. It, it, it informed a lot of aspects of the pipeline, just that that focus on compression and quality. And but they had and so, you know, by the time we came on board, they had a reliable product that was getting that compression and quality and tools to integrate into Unity and Unreal, which were the biggest platforms for integration. Since then, we've also expanded to browser-based integration, so you can stream it through, you know, Eighth Wall and 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 the web. You can integrate it into typical VFX softwares like Houdini, Maya, Nuke. I mean, also just becoming software agnostic with the tech has also been a focus. But I think they were they, you know, Microsoft's not a production out outfit, and so they were really eager to find a team ideally in a market like you know los angeles where there's a lot going on to be the ones to usher it to to the to north america and like and so that was you know there was a group there were a group of investors that 
partnered with Microsoft to do this. And, you know, I was brought in to, to execute and start literally the company from scratch along with Skylar Sweetman and Adam Titchenell and Joel Jones Marino and my, the team I, I brought on shortly thereafter to, to get it off the ground and running. And, um, so we work, you know, the relationship with Microsoft is close, obviously, because especially in the beginning, we were representing this tech that meant so much to them. And I felt this a lot of pressure to make sure that I was messaging it right and, and that we were good stewards of it. And But I think at this point now, I guess we're almost five years in, there's a lot of trust there. And and certainly, um, and now we've expanded to a partner stage in Vancouver, and we're looking at a couple of locations. So it's it's cool. been it's been good. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, before we get into the roadmap, I wanted to touch on something, two things, really. Big shout out to Eighthwall, another partner yeah. company of ours. So those of you that are unfamiliar with Eighthwall or familiar, Eighthwall is a great web-based AR engine that allows creators to build AR experiences on the web. And so a lot of Christina's content has been captured in her studio and built into AR applications. Uh, and uh, obviously some of the AR work that we have done um, has been on the eighth wall pl uh, platform as well. So we talk about these circuit businesses or companies. So big shout out to, to eighth wall and their team there. Um, but the second thing you mentioned is your team and talking about the production and really understanding and knowing how to uh, make maximize your, your capture. And so anyone that has been in production, I remember, you know, the early days of 360 filming and, and some of the VR work that we've done, you know, we focus in and around live events, right, in particular sports. And so you have one take, right? And so, you know, we had to learn trial and error with some of the um, best practices of capturing 360 video. And so you know, I'm curious to know, you know, what some of these lessons for you and your team have been and how you've been able to really uh, maximize the efficiency of your productions. Sure. Well, the the first thing is this is not a fix it in post workflow. So being detail oriented in your pre-production process is is important. And we take that very seriously. And it's a there's a lot of consult that happens with our clients before we even get on stage. And you know, for instance, hair is a challenge. Anybody who works with 3D tech would know this. You know, there's something if it's if something is too thin or wispy, the system has trouble recognizing the geometry of that. And so if you have hair like dangling in the face of the capture subject, it's going to create this globbing and effect, some artifacting that is just not going to be at the level that we hold ourselves to. And, you know, early on, I remember arguing with talent who really want, had, had a bad haircut for volumetric and who wouldn't let us style it. And I think we were too green and nervous to push back against the, the her her kind of will on set those day, that day. And as a result, we, you know, her captures just didn't come out as beautiful as we would have liked. So now we have a lot more processes for, for dealing with that. We have lookbooks that can show you, you know, best practices. We will look at the talent ahead of time and find looks they've already worn and suggest those looks for the capture process. And we've also learned how to do hair down, for instance, in ways where we can still get good results. Um, in, the, in the beginning, I think after that experience, we were scared for a little. We were putting everything in a bun. Every hairstyle was, a, every long hairstyle was a bun or a ponytail. Now we, now we know how to do hair down, but in ways where we can still get good clean captures. So that's the first thing, wardrobe hair, blocking props, you know, thinking about all of that and, and finding the best way to achieve client goals and also get the best capture. 
In addition, lighting. Like, you know, we used to do very, we used to do everything with this flat lighting because we just thought that, like, that was the best move. And that was kind of an industry best practice at the time. And we learned, you know, within that first year that actually getting a, giving it a slightly directional lighting creates a, a look of higher fidelity, more definition on the face, and just frankly, a more human face, a little less of a gamey look. So we've really dialed in our lighting at this point as well. Um, and then finally, in the, in the processing, we do a lot of QC. Now, we don't have a team of artists that are cleaning up these captures. There's not, there's not like um, any big hidden secrets or skeletons in the closet at Metastage where we have a team of VFX artists working on everything to make it look great. It, but, but we do put, take all of our captures through a frame-by-frame frame QC process where we will spin it around and analyze the capture and see if there's anything that isn't looking correct. And if we are able to fix it through our pipeline, we will fix it. And I think that, um, that we feel pretty confident that by the time we deliver something, we have given it as much as we can give it, and um, and that's and and then there's your finished final product, right? And see, and this is the expertise and the professionalism that you're looking for when you're uh, investing in a volumetric capture engagement, right? So I know that there's a lot of third-party apps that are coming up on the scene, and creators are trying to rig some things together. But um, you know, it's this level of experience and know-how that uh, really justifies you know the worth and the value of going into a studio such as MetaStage to make sure you you get it right. And it's funny that you mentioned the hair because I was just thinking I was on a production overseas recently, and it was just a 2D capture. And you know, we have a platform that you know allows fans in AR to pose with a celebrity or a an athlete, right? And so we were filming. It happened to be an F1 driver, right? And uh, you know his beautiful flowing hair on a green screen and there's lights and you know same thing where we had noticed the glistening flickers of his light of his hair were were not going to be easily um removed in the chroma keen right and so thankfully they had a stagehand with some uh fine italian pomade to kind of <laughs> dampen down his hair and we were able to get the shot so that's that's interesting that you can uh, have the relatable experiences whether it's 3d or or 2d capture as well so speaking on that and you know i'd imagine you're going to have a very modest and and sort of pc response to this question but you know we both have the pleasure of working within celebrities athletes and these really fun lifestyle type of engagements but if you can kind of call back to maybe some of your favorite productions if you are able to um you know, let's hear about some of those. Like, what are some of the, the maybe challenging ones that it was great to overcome some of those challenges? Or if you, if you can enlighten us on that, that would be awesome. Sure. So it's, I don't know if it's just because this is the MVP, MVP podcast or if it's because I actually, it actually was, but we, we did a production in July, 2020 in the heart of the pandemic. And we were shooting 18 NFL players, um, coming into the studio and the idea was they were doing hype chants, touchdown signs, go for two. And, and it was all part of a Verizon sponsored um, Holomoji experience where your players would pop up almost like emojis during gameplay and, and cheer on you know, the teams. And because it was the pandemic, we had players from a variety of different teams because they were all stuck at home and so we had access to them and we actually had it, it started off being what could have been the most disastrous shoot in that we had a 
COVID case pop out in the core staff. And everybody who had been in contact with that person, including the director of the experience, was no longer going to be able to be at set during the production day. And so I became the director of the shoot. And we had to quickly hire some some last. We, I, uh, actually, Microsoft sent somebody down to help us out with capture, and you know we had to assemble a team at the last minute. So super stressful at first. But now I'm on set, and I'm getting to direct all these athletes coming in and and doing all this work. And because it has, was the first time out of the house for so many of them. The mood was at 11. Like everybody was in an awesome mood. We were, and, and it was, and volumetric capture is actually a really fun process. We, we focus on that a lot at MetaStage, just making it like a fun, positive, good vibe experience. And, and, and because it's so easy for the talent, like they literally just go out in the middle of the stage. We say action and they just do whatever they're going to do. And if they nail it on the first take, that's it. So it's really, really easy on talent. It's not meant, there's not a lot of takes and they can just be themselves. And so we were just like an assembly line of, of athletes coming in and they're just doing their thing and everybody was in a great mood. And we we got through it, no, like without a hitch, the players, the players had a great time. We actually got heard from their management you know, that they were really happy with the experience. The NFL reached out and said they had been really happy with the experience. Our client, which was Riot and, and Verizon, you know, were, again, with all the anxiety and stress leading into it, to have had such a good a good experience then in the end, they everyone was so, so grateful. And I just like, it was like three days and I, and, and I felt like at the end of it, like I was, I'd left it all out in the field. You know, I was exhausted. Um, but I just went out to like Santa Monica and wa- I went and put my feet in the ocean and just kind of had one of those moments where I thought like I was proud of myself. I felt very fulfilled and, and man, like what a, what a fun, what a fun ride. <laughs> that, that is one of the most satisfying experiences because again, anyone in production knows they are long long, long days, right? It's hurry up and wait. And there's a lot of stress. It's, it's a one take type of experience. And then, um, but yeah, there is just an amount, an unimaginable amount of reward and satisfaction when it, you kind of cut it's high fives, it's hugs, everyone gets along and it's like, you know, you can be super proud. So that's an awesome feeling. And, um, certainly relatable. And it's great that you had, you know, it's funny because I just had a, a conversation with a client about this with terms of, uh, the different types of talent, right? And, you know, who's who's great to work with and maybe who's some challenge, you know, who's particularly challenging. And, you know, it's it's funny because each each of the professional sports groups have their own set of personalities, right? And so we were on a production just this week with uh, a set of NHL players. And, you know, they are so modest, so humble, not demonstrative, you know, so try, not animated, right? So trying to get them engaged was a, a directorial challenge in some ways, but uh, you always find a way in terms of tying into their personalities and, and being able to capture that. So that that's awesome. I, love that. I think athletes, I actually find athletes are great to work with generally because, and I think it's because there, there's a teamsmanship that's built in to them early on. And you know, they're, they're like, I don't know, they're team players, they're down. Like, I, I don't know, I have, I have always, we've had really good experiences with athletes at MetaStage. So 
Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm glad none of the players unions or their agents got in the way of like, you know, production, because we've experienced that as well. So that that's great. So you had mentioned so by the way, you know, this was a, a byline in a comment that you had mentioned in terms of expanding to Vancouver. So congratulations on that. And so maybe we can kind of transition a little bit to what's on the roadmap. And you know, what are some of the needs and demands of, you know, the, the market itself and where the technology is going. So um, if you can educate us on that, that would be phenomenal. Sure. So shout out to our partners in Vancouver. We have a little a meta stage up there and it's part of the departure lounge. Um, that's the parent company from which meta stage Vancouver lives now. And uh, we they opened in August of this year and it's a doppelganger stage to what we have here in Los Angeles, which is is a really top of the line studio. So if you're working in Vancouver or the your talent's based in Vancouver, you're in good hands with them. Um, I think certainly, you know, we are looking strategically at other markets because so much of the work is is where the talent is located. Um, and, you know, as as of now, Metastage works in professional sound stages to get a very high quality capture. So um, it's at the moment, we don't like, we don't, I mean, you can bring the meta stage, the meta stage to a location, but it is, it's big and expensive to do that. So we tip, we, it's always best if people can come to our stage. And so therefore having, um, having versions of meta stage in key markets is, is something we're evaluating right now and, and exploring. I'm also extremely bullish on using this tech for training applications in, in VR and in AR. We, um, you know, if you look at VR training has a lot of stats backing up its um, efficacy and but but if you look at a lot of the VR training applications, they'll be using these like synthetic, like kind of cheesy video game characters. And my thesis is that if you're trying to teach about real human behavior or you want to create any kind of human connection in your training experience, you should use volumetric video capture, real people. And so we uh, had the opportunity last year to do a few different police training experiences with Axon um, for police de-escalation training, how to deal with difficult um, civilians when you pull them over. And these are truly interactive experiences where your actions lead to consequences and they can be good or bad consequences. Um, we also were selected as a finalist for a veterans affairs program called mission daybreak to help with ptsd and and suicide prevention and so that that was a huge honor you know of 1400 applicants were one of 30 now in this phase one of of the project and we are looking at using volumetric video and mixed reality to help to help educate friends, family, and community around veterans on how to support them best, how to recognize signs of depression, anxiety, suicide risk, and also to capture veteran stories. You know, find people who are willing to talk about the challenges of reintegration and some of their low points and how they got through it. Um, because I think I think that's being able to feel the presence of someone when they're talking to you in this way is really unique. And my hope is that it will it will allow people to feel connected and retain that information more fully. You had mentioned, well, that's phenomenal work and uh, good on you for, for taking on those projects. And I, I'm sure there's a tremendous value in being able to do that and giving, giving those folks a story and so a therapeutic to kind of uh, manage uh, what they've gone through. And so you, you had mentioned um, the ability, although it's expensive and arduous to, you know, to have the stage come to you, 
In the future, is it a reasonable expectation that these this type of capture and the quality can be a mobile experience in, in terms of bringing uh, uh, maybe a um, maybe not a hundred cameras but fifty cameras or so? And like, because I'm really curious. I think the market is curious as to you know the expandability of that opportunity when athletes don't have to travel or celebrities celebrities don't have to travel, and you can bring the stage to these creators. You know, I would imagine that that would massive opportunity for uh, the for market. sure like there's mobile volumetric video but it's just not at a super high quality level and 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 i don't want to actually sh like tear down any companies it's that you know a lot of it's impressive given the given the technology where it's at and and the need to be able to throw it up quickly in any location i i fantasize a lot about having our tech and on a on a truck that we can like on, a, on an expandable truck that we can roll to a stadium or roll to a location, roll to a, some an athlete's house or something like that. So I'll throw this out there. If if anyone listening wants to help me fund a truck, let me know because these things are not cheap. They these trucks are not cheap. But I do really think that it would unlock a lot for us. And so therefore, if you are interested, please contact Christina at metastage.com. Well, that was actually going to be my next question. We're wrapping up here on our time. So where can our listeners find you? Where can they find your company? And um, you know, any parting words you'd like to share? Um, sure. So we're on most of the social media platforms as either Metastage or Metastage XR. Uh, I'm Christina Heller, for better or for worse. My, I'm, I'm just my full name on all of the all of the social media platforms. Um, I, most of us are just first name at Metastage.com. We also have a um, a generic team at Metastage.com. And feel free to reach out if you have any questions. We're happy to walk you through and talk you through your your ideas and your projects. Um, and I hope James that we get to work together sometime soon. I as know well. it's it's been you know since the pandemic my travel out west has dramatically decreased in terms of the frequency so i know that we had set up you know potentially our teams getting a capture so i'm going to hold this to it i'm going to make sure that happens and you know now that we're fully opened and business is back roaring we're going to make that happen so christina thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure uh, everyone thanks for listening and please join us find us on all of your streaming outlets the mvp interactive podcast